0: Thank you for joining us today on Considerate for this special episode on Deacons. My name is Blair Cushman. I'm the lead pastor at Redemption Bible Church, and I'll be your host and uh, teacher today on Considerate. Here at Redemption, we are in a new and exciting season at our church. We are. Have identified and are assessing and training our very first deacons to serve our church. Um, and uh, it is an exciting time in our church. But what's come to our uh, attention as elders in this new season, and uh, I guess not necessarily in a really new way brought to our attention, but we've been made aware once again that uh, people in our church come from a variety of backgrounds backgrounds to who can be a deacon, what are deacons, what do deacons do, and uh, depending upon the uh, denomination that you grew up in, the tradition that you grew up in, um, there have been some really great examples throughout church history and some not so great, some even maybe harmful uh, to the uh, idea of deacons that we see in the scriptures. Uh, the uh, uh, The reality is, is there's not very many uh Passages that refer directly to this office of Deacon, four really, three that are explicit, one maybe that's implicit. And so we um, are left with uh, lack of clarity uh, in some ways, uh, which I think has contributed maybe to the the variety of backgrounds and practices and beliefs when it comes to deacons. Um, And so we want to be careful to not go uh, too far with it. And I think it also uh, means we need to have a, a lot of humility when it comes to the uh, office of deacon and not be so hard on other brothers and sisters and other denominations that may uh, come to some different conclusions. But, uh, but even so, we still want to have our convictions. We have a church are going to uh, carry this out in a certain way. And so as we uh, met as elders and uh, searched the scriptures and came to some conclusions on these things, uh, we hope to share them now with you uh here in these podcasts and so for today here's really the question that is before us is uh, who can be a deacon who can be a deacon? And so of the uh, four passages that I mentioned, the, uh, the largest uh, passage is found in 1 Timothy 3, verses 8 through 13. Um, the others, uh, just so you know, are Romans 16.1, there's a reference to Phoebe as a, a servant or a deacon of the church in uh, Chentria. Uh, Paul uh, uh, greets the elders and deacons in Philippians 1 1. And then the kind of the implicit uh, one uh, references in Acts 6 1 through 7 which we'll uh, take that in another podcast. But there, deacons aren't necessarily mentioned, but it seems to be a prototype or kind of the early uh, blueprint for elders and deacons in the church in Acts 6. But, um, but of all those, uh, there's, like I said, not very many verses just in total in the Scriptures, but First Timothy 3, 8 through 13 is the largest section, and it is all about qualifications, Which leads us to some conclusions more on uh, when it comes to the practical nature, the philosophical uh, things behind deacons is that what is most important to God for those who lead in the church in the same way it is with elders is the character of the people who are leading. Uh, there is uh, several character qualifications that we're going to look at here in a minute that uh, are to define uh, those who hold this office. And so beyond the uh, competencies, beyond the capabilities, really God is concerned primarily with the character, the heart posture of those who would serve him in this in this role. And so deacons, uh, they lead by serving the very word in Greek, diakonos, Can rightly be translated as servant. They are those who, in official capacity, serve the church. And so who gets to be a a deacon begins with their character. And as we go through the character, we'll actually tackle the question because it's answered in this passage as well, I think, about uh, who as far as a man or woman or both is this office open to. So uh, if you are in a place to open up your Bibles to uh, 1 Timothy 3 verse 8. Um, If you're not, if you're driving and listening to this, don't open your Bible. That would uh, be dangerous. But I'll read it here as we make our way through the passage. Uh, beginning in verse 8, uh, 1 Timothy 3, it says, deacons likewise, uh, likewise is uh, because it's following with the office of elder that's just been described in the first seven verses, but he says deacons likewise must be dignified. That's a great word here. It's kind of the banner uh, characteristic, just like elders. Elders, the first one is uh, is there to be above reproach. And the idea here of deacons being uh, dignified means that they are respectable are admirable, they're approachable, uh, a person that uh, um, is looked to um, as, uh, as somebody who is worthy of honor or respect, and not in a necessarily a political sense or a regal sense or how they dress or anything like that, though that uh, certainly um, plays into it. But they are somebody who carries themselves in an honorable and dignified and an upright way. Uh, deacons aren't to be uh, those who, um, you know, who are a different person uh, depending upon who they're with or, or where they're at. But in all things, they carry themselves with honor in a way that honors the Lord and the people around them. Secondly, a deacon, when we're tackling this question, who gets to be a deacon? It's somebody who's dignified, but it's also somebody who's double-tongued. And I really like that translation, actually. I think the ESV gets this right here. It's somebody who like speaks out of both sides of their mouth. Um, deacons are not to be a person in their speech who speak one way to one person and then uh, and then totally pivot and talk a different way to another person. You know, If they're uh, with somebody who is influential in the community and then a poor person, or uh, if they're talking to a man or a woman, but in everything they are... Uh, they're they're straight in how they talked they're not uh, two-faced or um, I think also captured in this word is somebody who uh, is a person of their word a deacon is, is one who uh, what they say is what they do um, that they aren't making promises that they can't keep or um, saying that they will do something and then not delivering um, a deacon is a person of their word and so it uh, begins with the uh, manner in which they carry themselves and then how they speak. And here's the third qualification. Who gets to be a deacon? Someone who's not addicted to much wine. Now, I like this. It's, uh, um, it's really at the heart and a characteristic for all believers is to be someone of self-control who can say no, who isn't mastered by anything or anyone other than the spirit of God, um, including uh, Alcohol. And so uh, this plays out as somebody, you know, drunkenness, which we know, I, I think most Christians get that. We're not to be getting drunk, you know, we're not to be getting schnockered, uh, but also somebody who doesn't have to have alcohol, you know, the, I think captured in this, uh, the heart of this uh, this command, this qualification here is uh, somebody who doesn't come home at, you know, every day after work and just has to have a beer, otherwise they're, uh, you know, they're grumpy and upset, they can't function uh, they may not be getting drunk, but they just have to have it. Uh, it's A deacon is somebody who's mastered that, who who isn't controlled by anything, who can say no with the same liberty as they can say yes to uh, a glass of wine. The next uh, character qualification, I, I love this one as well. It says, not greedy for dishonest gain. A deacon isn't somebody who's seeing the office as a means for position or prominence. Uh, I think uh, there's several things captured here in this qualification, uh, one of which is financial. They're not taking the office of deacon and serving the Lord so that way they can pad their pockets, you know whether it's a paid position or even just a volunteer position, but uh, they are only taking it because of the uh, prestige that will get them, the business connections that they might make um, or the, uh, the you know their uh, uh, their oversight over the collection and they can help themselves to uh, you know to the people's offerings to the Lord. But there's also, not necessarily just financial thing here, I think captured in this, the significance of it is that those that might be seeking the office for greater recognition in the church, the gain that they would get by being seen as, oh, you're a deacon at that church, okay, and it places them in high standing, a standing in which they can use for their own advantage, for their own gain uh, over people or over business deals or um, in any other manner of dishonesty. And so uh, deacons are to be dignified. They're to be, uh, uh, their, their manner of life is to be one that is honorable and glorifying to God. But it goes on beyond this because there's some outward appearance here, but God also, like in everything with us, he cares about uh, our beliefs as well. And that's really what verse 9 is getting at. Verse 9 says, Deacons are, they must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. So obviously, deacons must be believers, but they are unwavering in their faith. Deacons are those who um, who who aren't. Um you know, unconvinced in their mind that the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ that both saves and sanctifies. They're not looking to other uh, other religions, other deities, other ways of living, but they hold fast uh, the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. There's no doubt that this person loves the Lord and is both convicted by and convinced about their truths. Um, they go to bed at night knowing that they are uh, held in Christ's hands. They are saved by grace and living by grace and will be kept by grace to the end. And all of these characteristics here, their faith and uh, uh, what they believe and how they live their life is, as verse 10 says, to be tested. And so who gets to be deacons? It's those who, those who are willing to be tested. Those who, are, um, who can be trusted. I once heard a pastor say uh, that you, you, if you can't be tested, you can't be trusted. And that's what verse 10 here is getting at. It says, let them also be tested first and then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. So I think when there's any sort of office like this, those that uh, are identified as potentials are matching the qualifications and then they should be uh, going through a period of testing you know that's why we've waited a few years in our church to to install uh, deacons. deacons just so we could see who's naturally serving who is doing so without any sort of office without any recognition, who's already doing this, and that's really where we began as elders at our church to uh, to uh, ask those who would serve in this way. And uh, from the beginning, is just well, who's who's doing this? And now they're in a period of testing and assessment and training, and what the Bible teaches about this, and how uh, we plan to organize this as a as a church. Um, They are in this period of testing to prove themselves uh, blameless. Now, blameless doesn't necessarily mean perfect, uh, but they're men and women of integrity. They're people of uh, 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 who are humble before the Lord and seeking to live for His glory in all that they say and do. And so that's this time of of proving and testing uh, both through questionnaire and through te- uh, through their actions and in the classroom that uh, we are are doing. And so this is this is the character qualification. this is how it uh, how it happens. And then in verse 11 really answers the question about uh, gender. Here uh, is where I think the ESV gets it uh, wrong in their translation, but it's they. The ESV would say their wives. Uh, NASB would say women. Likewise, and so the flow of thought is continuing here in the passage. It's not uh, a paragraph break or uh, moving to something else here. Um, but he says, their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded and faithful in all things. And so four, uh, four qualifications really mirroring the first ones here of, of their manner of life. They must also be dignified, not slanderers, how they speak, um, not speaking poorly of others for the detriment of their reputation or honor, um, sober-minded, meaning that they're not uh, up and down uh, emotionally, They are, um, but they're stable and steady, they're sober in how they think and respond and feel and act and then faithful in all things, coming back to that same uh, idea of being blameless and holding fast the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. And so uh, it's at this verse then... uh, uh, is really where we uh, where we base our conviction on that? Uh, yes, women uh, can be deacons. That this office, unlike elders, elders which is prohibited uh, from women, is to be men only. But the office of deacon here is uh, open to women, and we should gladly and joyfully uh, appoint those women who meet these character qualifications. Now, why do we come to that, and why would the ESV make a translation one way, and the NASB translate one way? Well. Uh, Here's where you, uh, it's helpful to know your Greek because the word for women or wives is, uh, is the same actually in Greek. Um, it's the different derivatives, but it's the word gune. And uh, depending upon the context uh, is how we determine, was this speaking of a wife or is this speaking of women? The same is true of men or husbands. It's the same word as well in the Greek. But uh, um, uh, in this case, uh, it seems to be that uh, the character qualifications that Paul's lining out here is uh, speaking of those women then. Uh, as Again, I said the, that word likewise leads us to believe that it's a flow of thought here where he's talking about deacons and he's speaking of men first and now uh, very specifically speaking of women and not like a separate category for the wives of deacons. Otherwise, he would have used uh, a pronoun like their Wives, even though the ESV uh, supplies that, it's actually not in our Greek. Um, it's not adding extra uh, qualifications here for deacons in a way that he didn't do for elders. Uh, Seems to be that uh, elders, as those in authority, those entrusted with the doctrine and direction, and discipleship and discipline of the church, that if there were to be uh, qualifications for you know their wives as well, there would be in elders. But he doesn't do that, and that leads us to believe that it's a uh, um, that this is a continuation of thought here that deacons is open, like I said, to both men and. Women. Uh, Also, in the passage in Romans 16, Phoebe, uh, who's uh, referred to as a deacon or servant of the church at Gentria, uh, is a woman. And so we have an example there and the qualifications here. That uh, would lead us to believe that God's good design uh, for deacons, those who, uh, who lead by serving and who really come alongside and assist the elders in the physical uh, needs and ministries of the church, um, that we, our churches would be remiss to not have that uh, open to the influence and uh, work of, uh, of the ladies among us as well uh I know that there are other denominations that see that differently and uh, um, you know we certainly love them and uh, see it uh, differently but uh but we believe that it is open uh, to uh to women uh, based on those uh on those uh, arguments and the understanding of the of the passage here of what Paul is getting at in in the scriptures. Some would say, "Well, why wouldn't he have used a female version or the female ending of deacon like we would say deaconess and uh and really uh the the female version didn't exist when the Bible was written. that was uh, uh derived later on um as uh, you do the research on how words develop over time and things that the uh, word de- uh, deaconess. The female version of that ended um, or came along later, and so I think it's better uh, uh, to even refer to it as women deacons and uh, and just keep the similar title. And uh, their this office of deacon is open to both men and to women, based on this verse and the example of Phoebe. The passage goes on. Then, as we would say, yes, the office of deacon is open to it. But the passage goes on. Then in verse twelve, let deacons then be the uh, husband of one wife, um, which really carries with it the, in the same. the same uh, character qualification for elders also, the, of uh, of of monogamy of uh, being a one woman man or a one man woman that's when uh, this person is thought of they're not thought of they're not they're obviously not uh, polygamous and have multiple spouses but uh, they uh, uh, have eyes and heart and actions only for one person that uh, There's no doubt about uh, who uh, their love is towards when they're in a group. They're not, uh, there's not a question about, man, who's this person married to? They're not uh, flirting and, and, uh, um, and uh, causing questions to be asked about uh, uh, who they love. And so uh, deacons are to be monogamous. They're also to manage their children in their own households well. Um, for this is, uh, that's, that's really where, uh, ministry begins. It's in our home. And if somebody isn't serving their home, isn't managing the, the, the responsibilities in the home, those, uh, kids and, uh, spouse that God has given to them, then, uh, how, why would we believe that they could do that in, the, in the church and take on that additional responsibility? And so that's, again, a qualification, a testing ground, um, to, uh, to watch and observe as to how they are uh, leading and managing in their home. And then verse 13 is really the blessing. It says, Let uh, for those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. And this is this is a beautiful ending here for uh, the office of deacon isn't some uh, lesser subservient uh, uh, slave holder role, but uh, as a servant or a deacon in the church is one of a good standing. It's honorable. Uh, For Christ Jesus himself was a servant. Uh, For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, we're told. And uh, that really, there's that same word, that idea of uh, the Son of Man or Jesus came to deacon, he came to serve, and uh, and we know the exaltation of Jesus Christ, the great honor that is belongs to Him, that is due to Him, uh, and uh, the same is true of deacons who serve well, who serve faithfully, who serve in obscurity, uh, who aren't seeking a spotlight, who aren't seeking a title, Um but are doing so for the fame and honor of Jesus Christ, for the advancement of the gospel and the building up of the church. It is those men and women who are driven by that, by the faith that is in Jesus Christ and seeing others come and are using their gifts to serve the physical needs of the church who get to be deacons. And so in summary, uh, who gets to be deacon? Who should you be looking for? Uh, In summary, I would say this. It is those men and women who meet the character qualifications and are uh, doing so for the fame and honor of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. I hope this has been really helpful to you as you uh, seek to uh, uh to understand what the Bible teaches about this role and uh and to live uh in light of the scripture and maybe even if it's a different than what, uh, what you've grown up with or tra- traditions that uh, you uh, are familiar with, but uh, we uh, are seeking to be good stewards of uh, the Bible. If you have any questions, we would love to talk with you more about this. Uh, next time, join us on uh, our podcast as we uh, answer the question, what do deacons do and not do? But for now, know that you are deeply loved. We'll talk to you soon.